This episode of the Chris Johnston Show is brought to you by Sports Interaction. Sports Interaction is your homegrown sports book where local takes on an entirely different meaning, focusing on the teams, games, and players that matter to you. Sports Interaction is on the ground on top of all the local trends and offering prop bets that you've never even imagined existed. From same game parlays to a best in class casino featuring thousands of games and live 24 seven dealers, giving you that Vegas experience any time of day. And now introducing the locker room, the first of its kind in Canada, a live watch party for the biggest games of the week, providing in-game betting tips built directly into the app sports interaction, your homegrown sports book, go to sportsinteractioncom slash SDPN to open an account. Bet local 19 plus please play responsibly. If you have questions or concerns about your gambling or the gambling of someone close to you, please go to connexontario.ca. Uh, I know that some in our audience know the finer points of hockey. The Chris Johnston show. We are your friends. The biggest stories bringing you inside the game. What did you hear? Powered by sports interaction, your homegrown sports book. Always remember to bet local. Here's Chris with your host, We start off the week with Ask CJ, talk about Corey Perry, Jacob Truba. There was an incident that happened with him over the weekend that I'd like for us to discuss. There could be some news coming on Patrick Kane. Before we get to all of that, CJ, we start in Toronto in your neck of the woods. The spotlight, once again, burning on the back of the neck of one Mitchell Marner. Doesn't seem like uh, fans, at least, are that happy with him. Uh, it feels as if Sheldon Keefe uh, doesn't seem as if he feels his players got into that groove he needs to get into. For people like myself who are outside the market and don't watch the Leafs as much as you do, they might see his stats and think, okay, 20 points in 19 games. But is that enough? Does he need to give more? How do you see this current situation with Mitch Marner? Well, I mean, you got to understand there always needs to be something, you know, it just seems that that's part of the way narratives work around teams that have the kind of following the Leafs do. And, you know, it just so happens that the Leafs lost two games in a row on the weekend. Sheldon Keefe offered what I would deem to be a very fair and measured critique of Marner's game that he hasn't been at the level of the Leafs, you know, he hasn't been in the kind of groove you'd expect and all that just snowballs online. So I think that that's, that's probably the best, explanation i can give you on why this is a topic i'm i'm with you in looking at the situation as a whole though and not being too overly concerned about it i mean if if you're sitting here and you're looking at a player who has 20 points in 19 games and you're saying he hasn't been at his best i would argue then just given on eight years of history here uh this is probably going to end up in a spot where mitch marner has another 90 point season uh because if he's not at his best and he's still a point per game player um you know, I, I don't expect him to have an entire year where it's a down, but you know, there's no denying. And, and it's, it's a factor so far in what's going on. The Leafs top line has just not looked as dominant as much as you'd like, as you've seen in the past. I think there's probably all kinds of potential reasons for that. Um, you know, that's what the coaching staff. And I think that that's a high urgency situation um, for the team right now is to try to, to address that look for ways for them to get better. I mean, obviously they go against top competition every night and those types of things. Um, but, you know, they just haven't popped in the same way at five on five you'd like. And Marner is a huge part of that. I mean, he's, um, you know, I think we all know who he is at this point. And so, you know, I would also point you to the fact he had almost the exact same statistical numbers through 20 games last year and ended up, you know, with 35 goals, 90 plus points, whatever it was. So I, I'm not sounding the alarm here, but, but obviously this has become a talking point in the market. And I think it's just for those reasons I mentioned, I mean, you got to be talking about something and you know, it, it's not been normal because Mitch Marner's just been such a superior player really from the day he entered the league to have a, have a point in time where you can question, you know, what he's giving. And I, I think, I think those questions are fair. I just, I don't want to go too far the other way because let's face it. I'd be stunned if he was anything less than a point per game this year. And, and, that's rarefied air in the league. I mean, it, to me, it just seems like, and, and by the way, like I'm not being facetious or anything like that when I ask these questions about Mitch, because this is a guy who is above, slightly above a point per game player right now. And it wouldn't surprise me if he had himself another successful season. 
and the way that he's being viewed, at least from my standpoint, I'm just like, like we're, we're a quarter of the season in and this is what people are upset about. Wasn't the defense, the issue wasn't the bottom six, the issue with this team. Like why is Mitch Marner a guy who, I mean, I don't know where he stands in the, the point standings on this team. I'm sure he's behind William Nylander right now. Like, why is he getting it? Like, why is he in this spotlight? I th- what's he got? Three points in seven games. Um, that's not that great. I'll give again, him that. That's, but that, like, that's not that great. Here's the thing. Like, and your point's fair, but like, there's not one issue with any team. Like, every team no. at, all, at any moment in time has multiple issues, and, and those issues change and evolve over time, right? I mean, this is, a, this is I'd say, a, sm- a lowercase I issue right now for the Leafs because um, their top line is not popping. And, you know, Mitch Marner at the end of the day is only one third of that top line. Uh, I, I'm not going to heap too much on Matthew Nyes, who's playing left wing currently on the Leafs top line. He's a rookie. I think that it should be expected that Matthews and Marner, you know, are, are really carrying a lot of the load there. And it just it just hasn't worked to the way it has in the past. I think what's interesting last year is when the Leafs got to a similar point in time, they actually broke up Matthews and Marner for a period of time. That's not something we've seen Sheldon Keefe do, you know, to this point in the season, but you wonder if it's coming. It's it's a hard thing to do because, you know, we've talked so much in a positive light about William Nylander and what he's been able to do. You know, he's, he's been part of a pretty successful unit this, this last you know month or so with Bertuzzi and, and Tavares. And so I think you always run that risk as a coach. If you're going to split up a, a unit that isn't working, are you going to, is, is, is the net effect going to be negative? If, if, you know, if everybody needs to find some time to get comfortable I'm sure that's part of the daily discussions of, of the coaching staff, but you know, when it comes to Marner, you know, I think it's fair because it, it's clearly a down period. Like, like there's no getting around that. I just think when you're dealing with someone who's still young, who's still or young enough, he's certainly in the prime of his career still, who's consistently performed at the level he has. I just think you, you can't get too, too concerned. I mean, if we're halfway through the year and we haven't seen him pop a little bit, I think, it, it, you know, that starts to take on more questions. You know, the, the NHL has released this new stats data, Julian, this year. Yeah. You know, I don't know how accurate it is, and, and I'm not trying to call into question its accuracy, but I'm just saying this is a new thing. We're still getting used to it. But, you know, I, Marner hasn't hit the same speed skating-wise as he did last year, according to this data. He's not sh- shot the puck as hard. You wonder, maybe is there something physically that, that isn't quite right with him? Um, again, I don't want to put too much stock in that data because I, I don't know how accurate it is and, and that's something obviously you can't really detect with with the eye I think what you can detect with the eye watching the Leafs games though is that he just hasn't quite had the same magic with the puck I mean usually he's a, he's a zone entry machine obviously really gifted uh, player in terms of setting up his teammates for goals I know he scores 30 plus two so it's not as though he's you know he's lax in that area you know he, he's also playing in a different spot on the power play this year the Leafs have shuffled things around he's not in as much of a shooting position there so that might attribute to some of the goal production being down a little bit um you know i think this is kind of where we're at i mean the leafs are in an interesting spot they've had a very meh start to the year right i mean i think that's yeah. that's the the larger subtext to all of this is that you know they've got these five regulation wins and, and we're almost to december now and so you know they've they've managed to hold their place in the standings reasonably enough because they've, they've won some games in overtime and a shootout but you just haven't seen too many wins. They had one against Vancouver, a 5-2 win where they kind of took control of the game and sucked the life out of it and, and beat an opponent. They haven't done that enough. They've, they've, they've really, you know, they just haven't looked that sharp. I mean, they, they had a lead in Chicago on Friday and, and end up losing to, you know, a team that could finish 32nd in the standings. They have a lead in Pittsburgh, lose that game. You know, even some of the games they played in Sweden, they came away with two victories there, but you know, they, they were tight victories and, you know, one Minnesota came back and, and they had to, to pull it out in overtime with the Nylander goal. So, you know, I, I would say the Leafs have not been as dominant as they're used to being. Um, you know, I think we might look at some of the offseason additions as part of that, too, that, you know, that those just haven't. I think lar- you should, to be quite the, honest with you. Those, those just haven't largely at the beginning. worked yet. Yeah. Right. Sorry, no, I didn't mean to cut you off here, but like at the beginning of the year, it seemed as if like those were those were the issues. And in fact, like Marner and Matthews, those guys were working. And the whole thing was the fact that this team, once again, cannot just rely on its top heavy stars. And now there's a bit of a lull period and the spotlight's on him. If I'm at Mitch Marner, I don't think that's fair. Like this, I didn't build this team. I, like, this team should be so much better. 
at 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 defending and goaltending and all these things. Everyone's just on. mad at me because I make eleven million dollars. Like when it's time for me to when I when I need to be on in the regular season, I'll be on in the playoffs. Completely different story. He needs to be way better. But I, I don't know. If I'm Mitch Marner, I'm kind of looking at this being like like what is this? Well, this is what you sign up for, though. I mean, I if agree. you sign an eleven million dollar contract, Toronto, right. or or like Austin Matthews, his next deal is thirteen point two five million dollar contract to be the star for the Leafs. Part of what comes with that is a probably over infatuation or over I'm, what's the right word here? It's a Monday, and I'm not I'm struggling for the word, but it's like a micro analysis of your game at all times, right? That you just don't get in in like conservatively like twenty to twenty five markets around the league players are maybe like they're not awful but they're not great and it just it just goes under the radar right it just it's not discussed it doesn't become a point i mean toronto and and a few others are different beasts montreal vancouver i think some of the rangers get covered this way i mean there there are a few teams where the ebbs and flows of every little thing that happens um you know gets gets put under the microscope and i think that's just part of toronto so you're right it might not be fair but it is you should expect it and and you know this of this course is, this is not new to, to Mitch. Obviously he's played here for a long time. He's from, from Toronto. And so, you know, the good news is the same way we might've gone, gone in on, you know, Connor McDavid a little bit, all of a sudden Connor McDavid has nine points in two games over the weekend. So all that talk goes away. I'm not predicting that kind of outburst for Mitch Marner, but it would not be surprising to see him have like six points in the next two games. And then no one's talking about it. And we, and you know, everything just moves on and, and then the yeah. focus is back on the blue line or it's, it's on, you know, how the fourth line isn't working or, you know, the fact that Ryan Reeves is scratched, you know, so frequently after signing a three-year contract in the off season or what's going on with John Klingberg. I mean, you know, the, the, the story carousel will just land on another square at some point here. Uh, I, I don't mean to be so flippant about it. Cause you're right. This is, this is really flared up in recent days, but I, I do think it's generally much ado about nothing unless this is my caveat. If if we fast forward twenty more games and we're in a similar spot, then okay, then I'm then I'm in for the conversation. It just still feels a little early to be too critical of a guy still producing at a point per game, even if he hasn't been the same dominant self. We both agree here. Uh, you mentioned John Klingberg uh, placed on LTIR uh, a couple of days ago. What's the latest with him? You know, it's an unfortunate situation. I, I think that where we stand right now really is John Klingberg is deciding or not, you know, obviously in consultation with the least medical team and, and anyone else he leans on to, to have, you know, a hip surgery that would, would basically end his season. Um, at this point in time, as we're recording this, he, he hasn't elected for that surgery. Um, and so things are a little bit in, in flux. Now, now there's no rush here because he's, you know, he hasn't, he last played November 11th. Um, you know, he has to sit out at least 10 games in 24 days so that takes you almost to mid-December before he can he's even eligible to come off LTIR. So, you know, in the meantime, I think he continues to get treatment from the Leafs medical staff, obviously going through the process of deciding, you know, what's best. Is he going to be able to just, you know, get by with this treatment and maybe a little bit of rest time here and play again uh, this season or not? And, and you know, the reason this is a focal point is obviously if if he gets the surgery and he's done for the year, well, then the Leafs, have his $4.15 million in salary uh, that they can now spend as, as LTIR money on, on another player or players multiple. Uh, if he's going to come off and play again in mid December, which, you know, hasn't been ruled out. I think it's more than likely he's headed the surgery route, but again, until that happens, if he's, you know, gets healthy enough to return that then, you know, the Leafs only have this short window now uh, while he's sidelined to use that money. And so, you know, I think that, that that's kind of why this is, is getting focused on so much. You know, I don't understand those though, that are like drawing the, the sort of Robida Island. Um, I was about to ask that. Yeah. A lot like, of people I, were, were doing that connection. I think it's unfair, honestly. I, in fact, I know it's unfair. I mean, John Klingberg has been dealing with hip issues for years. He actually had double hip surgery uh, this, this summer, right before he entered the NHL with the Dallas stars. You know, this is not a new issue. Obviously it's got to a point now where, the fact that surgery is even on the table, it's, it's gotten worse. Uh, he took a hit in the game, the least played in Florida in October and just hasn't been quite the same since then. Um, and, but you know, this isn't a case of like the Leafs making someone go away. I think the truth is in being around Klingberg a bit, like clearly he wants to play, obviously like he's, 
you know, no one, no one wants to undergo the kind of procedure he's facing. I think it's similar to what you've seen. Yessi Pugliarvi, Patrick Kane, um, you know, go through here. And there's a number of other players that, I mean, hip injuries, it's, it's like, unfortunately it's, it's extremely common now uh, for players. Uh, if, if you see how many players have had these resurfacing procedures, but it's not something you want to go through. It's six to eight months of recovery. I think it's a grueling recovery. And, and obviously in Klingberg's position, you know, he's what, 31 years old and doesn't have a contract for next year. So it would, it would definitely throw his career into a little bit of the unknown. Now, you know, it might be that that's what he needs to get done to be, to even have a chance to play at the kind of level he wants to again. I mean, that's, I'm sure what, what everyone's triangulating behind the scenes, but I, I don't think there's anything remotely fishy about this one. I mean, if you watched him play, he, the guy can't skate. He can't move. I mean, when he was at his best, what made him a 50 point defenseman uh, for years and years and years with the stars was he skated so well, right? He, he distributed the puck well, and he was a great skater. I mean, he just, he has no mobility now. And, and, you know, this is something he has dealt with in the past. He's been managing. I know last year in, in Anaheim, it was something it was that he had to manage on an ongoing basis and, and was obviously hoping to do so again here in Toronto. It just hasn't happened. And, and, you know, that's, that's kind of how we are where we are. Um, but yeah, I just think anyone, I, I get it in some respects, it was almost a meme back in the day, right? First of all, that was two GMs ago. It was Lou Lambrello came in. Everyone knew the Leafs were sort of going through a tank slash rebuild or whatever you want to call it. You know, some of the players like uh, Stefan Robida at the time, Joffrey Lupul, you know, were, were put on LTIR and kind of made to disappear. I, I will point out neither of those players played again, in the NHL anywhere else though. Like it wasn't as though, the Leafs have this this long history of putting players on LTIR who surface somewhere else. I mean, for the most part, we're talking about guys whose careers are over. Um, I'm not predicting that here for Klingberg, but obviously if he goes through a surgery that, that doesn't allow him to play this season, I, I don't think there's anything untoward happening as much as all the conspiracy theorists and uh, Twitter haters might want to make it so. All right. Uh, today's edition of Leafs Corner has been brought to you by Anxiety and Long-Term Injured Reserve. And multiple generations of trauma. Yeah, don't forget about that. Uh, we'll talk about Patrick Kane and a few other news and notes. We'll get to your questions as well on the other side of our sports interaction time. It's all part of the game. Welcome to You Can Bet That. David Bastel from Sports Interaction is here with us. Remember to hit up sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN for all of your gaming needs. Let's take a look at some futures for the Hart Trophy. Right now, right your now. betting favorite, yep. according to Sports Interaction, is... Surprise, surprise, still Connor McDavid. And the only reason I say this is because we all know, and you guys have talked about this at length, uh, about the Oilers' struggles this year, McDavid's injury struggles this year, but he's still the favorite right now at Sports Interaction, CJ, paying about plus 400, so four times your money. But it's interesting because I think it in the last little while, and, and I was really hoping that Jack Hughes wasn't on the sideline so long because I think he'd be a lot higher. He's still in that conversation. He's still on the sideline. Pasternak's in that conversation. Austin Matthews, surprise, surprise, is the highest rated Leaf. But you add guys like Quinn Hughes to the conversation and Elias Patterson to the conversation as well. And I'm kind of curious, Nikita Kucherov leads the NHL in scoring. There's another guy for you as well. I think it's kind of wide open, don't you think? For sure. I mean, compared to some recent years where I think it was way more apparent even two months into the season, it's it's more open. I like McDavid though. I mean, four to one is pretty good odds for a guy who's yep. won that trophy as much as he has. I mean, just coming off nine points in his last two games. So uh, he already looks a lot better sitting here this Monday than he did last Monday uh, for, for that kind of role. And obviously if, if the Oilers get back into the playoff race, if they make the playoffs, I mean, I think a lot of people will uh, be crediting McDavid for, for pulling them into that fight. So, you know, it's, it is a wide open field. I like, looking at Vancouver too, because they've been one of the big surprises of the year. Yeah. Just might be hard to pick between Hughes or Pedersen or maybe even a Dempo. Who knows? Maybe we get a goalie in the mix this season. Let, let me ask you one thing before we go here, guys, because of, of what Quinn Hughes has gone through so far and, and, and everything's been, you know, when you look at his Norris trophy numbers, apparently he's already won it. Uh, <laughs> so does that take away from his heart trophy candidacy, uh, CJ at all? 
Well, I don't know how he's won it because I haven't yet voted. So I mean, it's, yeah. <laughs> you should I see the numbers, my friend. It was yet. like, wow. It's... Yeah, I don't. I don't. I think it almost strengthens it. Honestly, I mean, I I know Julie and I are both voters. If if I have someone in a number one spot, say for Norris, it doesn't make me not want to make them for hard. I think if if ultimately, you know, you you qualify as as the best candidate in in the eyes of the voter for both. I mean, I see no problem with that. We've seen lots of guys like McDavid win you know, three or four awards, some of them are automatic, like goal scoring and, and points and, and, and the like. But, um, you know, I think, look, there's, there's a lot of runway on this season yet. And I think that's what yep. makes this, this debate worth it. Cause you could probably make a case for 10 guys right now, credibly. All right. Sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN for all of your gaming needs before game in game, best props for all the best odds as well. Sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN. Thank you, DB. Thanks guys. CJ, Patrick Kane, still without a home. Where could he sign? Is he close to signing anywhere? What's the latest with Patrick Kane? Yes, I would suggest we are within a day or days uh, of learning where Patrick Kane plans to return this season. Uh, I wish I could tell you where it was going to be. I mean, I, 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 my views have not changed from what we talked about a few weeks ago. I think he's very, very, very likely to land in the Eastern Conference. Um, you know, I think one of the complications that's come along is some of the teams where he's willing to play, you really just don't have a lot of cap space for him. And so, you know, he's got to decide, does he want to prioritize making maybe a little bit more money, you know, closer to what he's actually worth signing, maybe a longer term deal, like a couple of years. Is he willing to maybe just go to the best team that he thinks has a chance to win, but might not have the cap space. Like, I think that's part of what he's had to weigh. I mean, you know, I do know he was open to a return to the Rangers, for example. Um, but you know, look at the Rangers, first of all, right at the top of the league in points percentage, um, but not with a lot of cap room in order to sign him. And so, you know, I, I think that ultimately it's going to come down to a decision for him and his family where he's got to weigh all those, those options. You know, I think Detroit uh, remains a, a distinct possibility. You know, the Red Wings have had a pretty strong start to the year. Uh, they are a team with some cap space. And so I think that they could uh, certainly pay him a little bit more than he might get elsewhere. You know, keep an eye on the Florida Panthers. I know some eyebrows are raised over the weekend. They put Mike Riley on waivers. Uh, he was ultimately claimed by the Islanders, but you know, was that a move done with, with an eye towards at least you know opening up a little bit more of a spot? I mean, it, it, it's going to be interesting. And, and I think ultimately, what we'll quickly swing to as soon as we learn where he's signing is you know what what can he be right? I mean, he's coming off this this significant surgery, uh, the hip resurfacing procedure. Uh, he's been skating in the GTA, at, you know. I know he's had some other players out there skating with them, you know, obviously ramping himself up. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's not easy for any player to join midstream into the end of the year, but coming off that kind of injury, you know, is, is this, will this hip surgery have proven to vaulted him back on, on track or, or ultimately, you know, can he get back to that level? I think that, I mean, it's going to take some time before we get an answer to that. We're not going to watch his first three games and say he's back or, or he's, he's done. It won't be quite that simple, but, you know, obviously he's put a ton of work into getting himself back to the point where he can play again. And and I don't think it'll be long after he signs before you see him play games because, you know, it sounds like he's more or less uh, ready to go now once he, uh, you know, officially signs his contract. Do you have a prediction on where he will sign? My gut feeling has all along been Detroit. Uh, and so I'm going to, I'm going to stick with Detroit, but you know, sadly, by the time the listener is listening to this, he might already be like flying to Florida and, and joining the Panthers. I mean, I, I will acknowledge that that's not a, but, but I've, I've been consistent with Detroit. I was asked by someone, I'm trying to remember it was someone asked when we were in Stockholm, there was a, a few of us insider types around a table and uh, I went with Detroit there. And so I think it's always good to go with what your instincts were. Um, you know, Detroit is a kind of organization, not very leaky, so that's certainly not information coming from their front office, but, but I think it's made a lot of sense with Alex Dabrinkit, uh, with whom, you know, Kane enjoyed a lot of success um, during their time together in Chicago, you know, a team that's on the rise, a team that has the ability to bring him in and, and, you know, give him what I would deem to be a fair contract. And, you know, maybe they're willing to go a couple of years with them and he's, he's viewing this as okay. Detroit's probably not a Stanley cup favorite this year, but can they, can they build into one by the time, you know, while he's still in his, his window to play. And so, you know, if, if he's trying to win a cup this year, it's probably Florida or the Rangers. Um, but if he's taking a slightly longer term view, and of course you can only be so long term. I mean, Kane just, just turned 35 recently. 
Um, so he's obviously getting towards the later stages of his career, but you know, I think Detroit would make a whole lot of sense. Okay. Let's get to Corey Perry and a weird unfolding situation in Chicago. So we know last week he doesn't partake in a, in a practice due to organizational reasons. Uh, players are asked about it. They say they don't know anything. He doesn't play on uh, the next game after that practice. And then it gets to a point where he's away from the team. The team says it's their doing. Then a statement comes out from Perry's agent, uh, Pat Morris, saying that it's Perry's doing. And then he's going to be with his family and he appreciates privacy at this time. Where are we at with Corey Perry? Why is he not with the team? What do we know about the situation so far? Well, we definitely don't know enough. I mean, and it's even a little slightly stranger than you portrayed it because he took the morning skate Wednesday in Columbus, didn't play in that game. And then has basically been gone from the team since. So, I mean, it's, it's unusual to see a player take the norm, you know, a, a regular player in the lineup, take the morning skate and then not play in that game. I mean, that's, that's already unusual, right? Um, you know, typically those things are just, Hey, get a little sweat on, get ready for the game. Uh, and in Perry's case has not been seen around the Blackhawks since uh, I think it's been made more strange by how little uh, the Blackhawks have said or, or the way they've said it. I mean, it, Obviously, it's it's a sensitive situation. I, I think that it's it's fair to infer that. By the way, Luke Richardson, their head coach, has had to talk about it. You know, even Kyle Davidson came out over the weekend and spoke to the reporters there in Chicago and was very careful with what he said. Really, didn't provide a lot of clarity on where things are at, other than saying that that Perry is going to be gone from the team for the foreseeable future. And, and as you mentioned, you know, Perry's camp has asked for for privacy for his family, and so you know, it's hard to gauge where this goes next. I know there's a ton of, of rumors and rampant speculation. Um, you won't need much time on the Twitter app to, to find that. I'm not going to lend any credence to any of it because I, I truthfully don't know what's gone on here other than, as I say, I think it's fair for us to infer this, this is a sensitive situation. And I think it's fair to question whether we see Corey Perry play for Chicago again. I mean, he's he's on a one-year contract with the team because of how strange this all is. You wonder if there's a, a bridge or a road back to, to, you know, playing for this roster, you know, given the stage of his career, is he at like, is, is he just going to disappear? I mean, it, it's hard to know. I mean, I've even just tried to nose around to see, you know, is he someone that, that might be, uh, you know, be traded by the Blackhawks is, you know, is perhaps, you know, it, could he get another fresh touch somewhere else? And I, I don't have any clarification on that uh, at all whatsoever. So it's a difficult one for us to, to discuss because, the whole story is what we don't know, right? The, the, the list of what we don't know is far, far too long for us to really make any meaningful conclusions of what's happening. But, you know, this is not a normal set of circumstances. I mean, players get injured, players, you know, end up, for example, like Samuel Gerard uh, in Colorado, end up, you know, joining the NHLPA program. Usually that's all sort of disclosed in a very normal fashion and, and there's not a lot of mystery around it. I, I would say that there's still a ton of mystery here on, on what's happened. Uh, that's led to Corey being away from from the Blackhawks, and and really, there's no clarity on what the future is. Does does he just come back at some point? Um, you know, and I, I really don't want to guess at that because that that wouldn't be very responsible. And and for all and of all franchises to go through a situation where they are not fully transparent with everyone about what's going on with the player in the situation, of course, it has to be an organization like the Chicago Blackhawks who have their own notable record when it comes to being transparent. Right. I mean, they haven't earned any benefit of the doubt organizationally, right? That, that I think that's, that's partly what hangs over this. Um, I don't know that it's fair to compare what happened 10 years ago with what's going on. Like, I'm not, know. I'm not doing that. I'm just saying because of stuff like that, we have looked at their reputation. Their reputation has been tarnished as a result of this. You can't compare the two situations. Absolutely. You're right. But you can say that because of that incident with Cal beach, their reputation has been tarnished on that. Right. And, and, and because look at there's any number of the kind of situations that might come up that might explain why they've been, you know, so, you know, so <laughs> opaque when discussing this now, you know, and that could be out of privacy for Perry and his family. It could be because there's legal matters at stake. It could be like, there's any number of reasons um, for it. I, I think it was good. They had Kyle Davidson at least come and speak to the reporters because, you know, ultimately if, if, you know, the GM, you know, has authority in these matters and, you know, I hope that they continue to at least shed whatever light they can here, but yeah, it's kind of as this strange holding pattern and, you know, given where Corey Perry's at in his, his career, 
what's going on. I mean, like, I just, I don't know. I don't know where this goes next. We should mention too, if, if there is a situation where they can trade him, I mean, he's, he signed at a $4 million cap hit. So it's, it's, you know, that was a contract that made sense for, for the Blackhawks in the off season because, you know, they wanted Perry and Nick Felino both to come in and sort of mentor a young team, you know, roster with rookies like Connor Bedard and Kevin Kurchinski and other players that are in the early stages of their development as pros. Um, but it's not a contract that would make sense to most other teams trying to win a Stanley cup. And so this is, uh, it's, it's clear as mud and I want to be careful with how I choose my words around it, but, but very unusual situation. And I don't know where the resolution comes here. Okay. We'll keep an eye on that. If anything else develops, I also want to bring up Jacob Truba before we get to ask CJ a uh, very interesting video uh, over the weekend. I didn't get to watch the Rangers Bruins game, uh, but uh, you saw the incident where uh, Jacob Truba gets his stick up on Trent Frederick of the Boston Bruins and kind of whacks him. Uh, that goes for a 5K fine. Uh, no other suspension or discipline handed out after that. I don't even think in the game there was a major penalty doled out for, for, for Jacob Truba. It was unpenalized. You... Yes, exactly. Did, did you see? So, of course, you saw it. What did you think of what happened? Well, did you see all the angles? Yes. I, well, I, well, actually, I should say this. There are two prominent angles that presented themselves, and a second one was made to be believed that it wasn't as reckless as some people thought, but I still kind of think it's a bit reckless. Like, I get it, like, Trupa and Frederick are tussling with each other, and then because he's sort of off balance, that's why Trupa kind of lifts the stick the way right. that he does. But even then, like, that's it's a whack to the head. And I think the only reason why the only reason why it's not a bigger deal is because Trent Frederick seems like he's fine as a result of that, but it, that, that could have gone completely different. Right. And, but the secondary angle, I would say for me does make it look a little bit more, certainly less vicious. Like it's, it's, it, I don't know if we call it fully accidental, but it, it you know, the, the first lower angle one, I mean, this, this is where you got to be careful when you, you know, I wasn't watching that game either. It was an afternoon game on the weekend. Um, but uh, I was out getting a Christmas tree. But uh, Ooh. but uh, Ooh. I'll say this: that like it, 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 the the one lower angle does look really bad. The secondary one's like, okay, I can see now. It's it's a battle. He's a little off balance. His stick gets high. I mean, you got to be responsible for your stick. I think the fact that Frederick wasn't injured does factor in here. Ultimately, this is where I land. I would not have had a problem, and I would have understood if there had been, you know, a, a suspension there. You know, I saw some people saying it should be a 20 game suspension or something like that. Like this, let's be clear. This was not like the baseball bat swing from Brashear back in the day or like, like, like we've seen literally people two hand another player in the head. I, I, it's not that, I mean, there's, there's a battle happening around the net. I think it's unfortunate the way it goes. I, I could see the case for that to have been more than just a fine. Um, and I think it's almost like, cause the fines, you know, it's a $5,000 max fine for those that don't know that that players can receive. And so when you have someone who makes seven or $8 million, it almost just looks like a laughably, you know, it's like me or you getting fined two bucks or something for, it's like a swear jar or something. Um, proportionally. Hey, that $2 is worth a little bit more to me than you, sir. Well, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think it almost, it looks, (laughs) it doesn't look very punitive to a player that, that, that earns the kind of salary Truba does. But I mean, that's, that's what the CBA, that's the most allowed there. So, where I land is if that had been like a two game suspension, I wouldn't have been, I would have thought that was probably appropriate, especially with the second angle. Um, but obviously this is, you know, look at that was a kind of a heated game. Bruins and Rangers are two of the better teams, you know, Truba, you know, quite rightly has earned a reputation. He's a tough guy to play against, you know, obviously a King of the open ice hit. Um, but, you know, I don't, I don't think it was egregious as some, some others might out there just, just because of that second angle. I don't know. I, 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 I think we'd think, I think we would look at it a lot differently if it was at least penalized in the moment, like, and, and then maybe that, maybe that causes some other discussion as well. Well, and if there's an injury, I mean, frankly, that too, the injury thing is the big thing. And like, you know, if, if we're sitting here and like, I'm not trying to imagine this alternate universe, but like Frederick's like stretchered off or something like it's the discussion around it is totally different, right? It's, it's more that this just happened in the game, not even penalized. And then, you know, the video surfaces afterwards for those of us who are watching live. So unfortunately, 
that does factor in, I think though, to like how you, how you view something, whether, I guess th- there's a relevant discussion, should that matter or not? But I do think it matters that the player wasn't injured and you know, the game just went on. Okay. And with that, I think it's time for us to get to ask CJ, unless there was anything else you wanted to add on Jacob Troop. No, I think I'm good on him. I could talk All more right, about so Christmas you- trees, but I, I might be boring in our audience. So. I don't know if you'd be boring our audience. We are less than a month away from Christmas time. Uh, I should I say this is great restraint for me to get to the end of November before. Because <laughs> <laughs> you must already have Christmas music playing. Oh man, I've had Christmas music playing since like November first. Yeah, like like as soon as Halloween was done, you put away all the arrow bars. You were just like, hey, let's blast. No, right now here. I like I eat the arrow bars to Christmas music. It's just like it's like <laughs> uniting two amazing things. <laughs> <laughs> I know what to get you for Christmas. But yes. That's never been a doubt in my mind. I need to, at, at some point I will get your address. I'll, I'll, I'll get you your, your gift. Oh man. Yeah. You deserve it, buddy. For all the work that you do. Thanks man. <laughs> Thanks man. But I'm in the festive spirit. Needless to say. Which is good. Which is good. We're I'm less than a month away, that. bud. I hope you're doing some Christmas shopping for anyone you, you need to buy for in your life. It's uh, I, I started doing some over the weekend for Black Friday. Uh, we are on Cyber Monday, so uh, I may take advantage of that time to finish off uh, some last minute shopping uh, for some loved ones. Can but, you uh, believe this? Yeah, I think I've made some good headway. A colleague was telling me last week that she has done her shopping. Like, I can believe that. I mean, I, I have never, I have never been finished shopping in November. I mean, I'm usually not finished I, before December 24th. If we're being honest, so. Here's the thing. The idea of going shopping. Hold on a second. You're you're an in-person shopper. You're going in them lines and you're 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 yeah, going to get often. gifts and stuff on it. I can't do that. I can't do that. Especially closer to Christmas. It's just insanity. It, the lines are long. They're insane. Depending on where you're at. Right, the, but they're playing the Christmas music rabid. and it's like there's a certain buzz in the air, the, the yeah, gentle snow falls I, outside on your car. It's nice. Yeah, but you know what I could do? I could, you know, do that from the comfort of my own abode and, like, make hot chocolate and <laughs> drink from my office. And, like, you see this here, mouse? Just go on these websites. Go click, 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 add to cart, add to cart, add to cart, and get everything in in time. Why should I put myself through a position where I'm in line losing the Christmas spirit because I've been lined for like an hour this is when the, I could just be at my own crib doing generational it. divide rearing its head again? I mean, don't oh, get me wrong. Obviously, I do some generational online, divide. I do some online shopping, but dude, I'm an old. I'm calling myself out. You're not that old. You're but like I'm just saying the, something. the differences between the 15 years between us is I'm just used to going out and I, I kind of like it. It's it's not that I haven't it's you know what I've done I've done the other thing depending on who you do it with it's fine I guess I don't know but like I would much rather be in a situation where I have everything done and I don't have to worry about but it But then For you got to worry about returns something comes in it's not exactly what you want you got to like it's a pain I guess like knock on wood I guess I the one thing for me um, Well you send gifts order, to Montreal too right I do send So that is so practical is I, that is practical yes. Yeah, that that I think is very convenient. Literally, I ordered a gift from my mom the other day. And, uh, like, you know, when you order stuff on Amazon, you get, like, the little photo from the delivery guy being like, hey, your <laughs> order made it. I I expected the, the thing that I ordered from my mom to be in some box that no one would notice. It's, it's like, out in clear day, this box with the pro- – like, everything is out uh, there. See, that's like, the downside, made- too. That's the downside. It's like it's like they literally went to a store, they found it, and they just put it in front of of my of my parents' place. So and I had to be like, I had to go to my sister, and be like, please, like take it and hide it. Not a like, lot of mystery coming around your tree on the twenty fifth. All your family's going to know oh exactly what you god. got wrapped for them. Oh my god. Anyway, we don't have to do that. We can. I'm just glad Christmas is coming up, and I'm glad that we have an opportunity to share gifts with our loved ones. Yes, sir. Let's get to these questions. Jonathan Clement coming to Toronto during the holiday, going to see the Marlies game on the 26th at the big rink. Anything I shouldn't miss while I'm in Toronto. Well, I'd love to ask follow-up questions to Jonathan. Like, have you been here before? Are you a massive hockey fan? You know, because I would say if you are going to the hockey hall of fame, which is a short walk from 
uh, Scotiabank Arena should be on your list. You don't need a ton of time there. Um, you know, 90 minutes, two hours would definitely do it. It's cool to walk around and look at all of the, the old history to walk through the Habs dressing room. If you got a kid with you, there's some interactive stuff you can do. And then obviously going up to the great hall and looking at the Stanley cup and all the other trophies. I mean, if you've never been there before, that's, that's pretty neat. Uh, I actually went to the hall of fame one of my birthdays as a kid. Like I remember I, I, oh. I was somewhere like say 12 or 13 range and I got to bring a couple buddies and we came into the city and went to hall of fame. Like that was, that was pretty cool. So I would say like that, that would be on my must do list, depending on if you've been there before and, and on what level of a hockey fan you are. I mean, if you're someone who doesn't really like hockey, you're probably not going to get much out of that experience. But I mean, if you're listening to a hockey podcast and asking questions of hockey podcasters, the good, the, the odds are, and you're going to a Marley's game on boxing day probably means you're a hockey fan. So that, that would be pretty high on my list. Uh, if you're a Maple Leafs fan and you like history, you could go up to the old Maple Leaf gardens on college street in Toronto. There's actually a Loblaws grocery store in the lobby and in one of the aisles, it actually has marked where the center ice dot was at Maple Leaf Gardens. So that's kind of like a oh, cool, cool, again, if I'm talking for the hardcore hockey nerd, but maybe hasn't been to Toronto before. Like something like that is pretty neat. I mean, you can even go into what's called the Madame Arena now, and, and it's still the old rink, um, you know, from, from Maple Leaf Gardens. In terms of like cool things to do, I'm, I'm not the right one to ask. I mean, there's lots of great restaurants and bars down Toronto, down, downtown Toronto that you could, could probably hit. But if you're looking for the, the hockey fans guide. I, I, I always look for cool stuff like that. Like I just saw, actually, we just had the 106th anniversary of the forming of the NHL. Like I love going to Montreal by the Windsor hotel. Um, and just seeing the little plaque they have there and just like on, on the, this is the ground. This is where the NHL was formed. Uh, stuff like that. I, I always find kind of neat if I go to a city. So something like the center ice dot and like aisle 26 of the Loblaws or whatever it is, um, is kind of neat. And then obviously the hall of fame, uh, Lots going on there. And you could go to St. Lawrence Market, not far from the rink, you know, pick up like a sandwich for lunch. Um, you know, I, I like walking around downtown Toronto. It's a it's a great little city. I love the Chris Johnston's guide to hanging out in Toronto. I, I love that little guide. That's pretty cool. There you go. I mean, again, there's if you're looking for the great restaurants and bars, like just just Google that Toronto Toronto life or someone has, has got that all ranked for you. But um, I'll give you a few little nuggets for the, the hockey fan. Uh, from, uh, I don't know if it's Chal Dreams or Shaw Dreams, where did CJ run in Stockholm? Anything special he saw during the run streak? And please thank him for the quick chat with a starstruck woman, me, at the hotel bar Sunday after the game with the Wild Beat Writer. I presume uh, you were hanging out with Michael Russo. Yes, sir. Um, that's great. It was great to meet you, too. Uh, I ran around the harbor area mostly. Um Stockholm's a nice city. It's on, obviously it's on the water. It's a series of islands. And you know, there was, you could basically get on a path. Like once I just got a little way from my hotel, I could get on a path and you could run as far as you could run essentially. Um, and be, you know, separated from traffic, which is nice. I ran around the Island called Skeps Holman, um, which is like an old Navy base, I think. And that, that was really cool. And then, and then along the Harbor and then back basically the last day, actually the last morning I, I did a totally different run than I'd done. I ran in a, entirely different direction. I don't even know how to describe it, but it was even better. And I saw a ton of other runners on there. And so I think that that's probably where the, the, the hardcore Stockholm runners would be running. Um, but always on the water and, and it was nice. I kept the streak going there as you might expect. Uh, yeah. It was a lot of runs in the dark and a little bit of cold and snow the last morning, but um, it was a lovely city and uh, a great visit. Okay. From uh, Murat Atesh, a friend of the show, uh, Winnipeg Jets beat writer. I don't know your guys' origin story. How did you get to know each other to the point of doing this pod? And since I'm assuming you knew each other, uh, knew who each other were before working together, I want to know what surprised you about the other. For example, what's a weird or fun habit of CJ's? <laughs> uh, well, our origin story is kind of... I mean, it's funny, right, Julian? We we didn't know each other. We knew of each other reputationally or by name, um, but didn't know each other personally when we first endeavored to do this. We actually taped a long ago episode, Murat, uh, that never saw the light of day. It was basically like a pilot episode when we were sort of figuring out, could this work? Would it make sense? And uh, I don't know if that exists somewhere in Adam Wilde's hard drive or if it's just been lost to the annals of time. Um and man, it's been like, it's probably been better than I could have imagined. Uh, the way it's gone, we're, are we into the 200s of episodes yet? 
Yeah, we're in the 200s. And we've met each other maybe five or six times in person, you know, mostly just around doing shows, whether we were in Nashville or Montreal live. Obviously, you've been to Toronto a couple times where we've done live shows. Um, you know, had a lunch one day, brunch sort of, me, you, and Nick. And when you were coming through Toronto, I think last season with the Flames. But we haven't met each other a ton, relatively speaking, any of us in person. And yet we get together twice a week for most of the year and uh, record these shows. So it's been it's been wonderful. But I just had heard great things about you, was looking to try to find someone to do a podcast with. You were the one and only person who auditioned with me. I didn't there's no I didn't get beyond the idea stage with anybody else. And and I feel like we had pretty good chemistry right from the get go. Yeah um i yeah basically the same boat for me like i i had heard about you and i definitely had tweeted at you before but um just getting to know you through this process has been so fun uh cj's right there is a demo episode that we put together uh i know i have my copy of the episode i don't know if it'll i don't know if it'll ever see the light of day uh very fascinating how long ago uh, would we have done that would that be like around three years ago now I, I guess so. Like it was just before the Canadian division season started. Like we'd recorded that maybe like a month or a couple of weeks before the Canadian division started. Which was January, 2021. So we probably recorded it in December, 2020, meaning three years ago. Exactly. So, wow. Yeah. We're probably coming up on the anniversary of us actually like, I don't even think you worked at the athletic yet. If I remember correctly. Nope. I was, and still I was still at Sportsnet. The- yep. We, I was very, I was at least a month away from doing anything related to the athletic. So professionally speaking, it feels like a lifetime ago. Literally, like that, like this podcast coming together came at like a very fascinating turning point in my career because all these other different opportunities were coming together and like this was part of it. So yeah, like that, that happened. I'm glad you jumped on board. I'm glad it worked out. I mean, who, who knows how these things go? I remember Arpin Basu, now our shared colleague at The Athletic, but a good buddy of mine going back a long, long time was singing your praises big time um pushing me to 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 work with you and man it's just it's worked out great i mean i don't think you can ever know though i mean we could be best buddies and know each other well and then you might not it might not work for a show i don't know maybe you butt heads maybe one person's always late or does something that bugs you and it just doesn't work i mean i feel like we, we both have busy work schedules we always find a way along with nick to do the shows together we get along well um minus your choices i'll say this Oh, yeah. The chocolate thing is weird. The one thing I will say, though, there was that period of time where we did the demo and we didn't know if the show was going to happen. And then it starts later in the fall. What I will always be grateful to you for is your willingness to still have some kind of dynamic and relationship in between that. And even if it was just through text messages and just I don't maybe I might have DM'd you once or twice, but even if it was just those small moments, I will always appreciate you for that because we have to be there was a period where we did not know if a podcast was still going to happen and you were still willing to, you were still willing to engage me in conversation at times. There was even a point, uh, you definitely don't remember this. I still had a podcast uh, called the scrum podcast, which was just a podcast that a friend of mine, uh, Tristan Damour and and me, we uh, would talk to people in media. We would talk about whatever's going on in Canadian sports media. You were the very last guest we ever had on that show. And that was just as the playoffs began. I killed your show. (laughs) <laughs> no you didn't you didn't really kill the show it was just it was, it was it, for me it was getting to a point where stuff was just getting busy right and i couldn't really do the show anymore but you were from what i remember you were the last like guest that we had that might be the last episode we ever did and there was a part of me that was like oh this is cool we get cj but there was another part of me that was like hmm this is probably as good of a test as we could do to see if like you know we did the demo but like doing a pod could actually like kind of work because like i'm asking you questions anyway and, it's, and I think it worked. It worked, man. I don't know what percentage of shows ever get to 200 episodes, but it worked. I'm yeah. Not that we're going anywhere. I don't want to make this sound like this is like, no. and th- then they were done. <laughs> That's it, guys. Bye. No, we're, we're, we're here, man. We're here for many lifetimes. You know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Uh, we only have so much time left. Let's get to these questions real quickly here. Uh, from Domar NL on Discord. Uh, if you have the chance to rebuild, refurnish a media room in the NHL, which would it be, and what improvements would you make? Oh my god! I don't know. Do you, do you need the the Flames have the oldest building there? Do, do you think it needs an upgrade there, Julian, or what? You know what? 
you know what? If you think it does, I'm not. You could say I'm it. not traveling the league I'm, as much these days. If I'm, I'm being totally honest, to like I, to I don't get around the league like I used to. So I, I'm not going to be the one to say it. You, if you say, if you think it is, do they still serve beer it. after the game in the Calgary media room? Yes, they do. Well, if they do that, then I'm fine with whatever the rest of the room looks like. <laughs> <laughs> My pick would have been the Canadian Tire Center. Uh, the first time I ever went to a game there in the media room, there was like a really nasty like stain on the carpet. I believe they have since gotten rid of it. I, I went uh, a couple weeks ago, and it looks completely new. There you so go. I guess that would have been my pick. But honestly, uh, most of them aren't really that nice. But I don't want nice. Like I, I just need a place to sit and write my story. I don't want to hang out there too yeah. long. For the most part, like you just got to get your work done and get out of there. So I'm not, I'm not throwing shade at any media rooms. But I, I appreciate the question. Like points for creativity there. Exactly. Uh, what is your favorite holiday tradition with family or friends? This is from Dallas Stars fan on Discord. Well, I'm a huge Christmasite. And I love just spending time with my family. Uh, we don't always get to do it on the 25th. My sister has kids. She lives in Ottawa. My brother has kids. He lives in Mississauga. So getting all together sometimes, it's not right on the exact date. But um, just being together, having mimosas the way we used to with my mom on Christmas morning. Uh, rest in peace, mom, is nice. And, and I'm looking forward to doing that again here in the next few weeks. Yeah, I like the idea of just being together with family. And uh, also, if I can spend time with friends, too. And, and and other cousins and other relatives, other close family members, like just any opportunity I get to see people uh, during the holidays, uh, whether it's just like on one day or you're hopping from one house to another house. Like, I, I just love the idea of just being with people that you love. Last one from Cam Jenkins Live. Waffles or pancakes? Pancakes. Why pancakes? I prefer them. They're good. I, I don't have anything against waffles. If you're making either, I will eat either. But if I get yep, a choice, I, I like I like when you put a pancake, maybe put some like apple in it or you put something to spice it up. I like that. But um, I don't eat a lot of either. But I, I, I would have a pancake if, if given the choice. Pancake, you can get yourself some maple syrup. You can add some other breakfast stuff on top. Uh, w- waffles, I just prefer like jam. You put like strawberry jam like on top or something like that. Or like you, Eggos used to have this thing where like they combined like two and they had some kind of jam in between. Uh, but, uh, you know, you don't always have to do that. I'm good with either. It doesn't really matter. I don't eat a lot of breakfast if I'm being honest. So yeah, we both should probably eat a lot more breakfast in our respective diets. Eh, I like, I like this way, but (laughs) you like, you like not eating breakfast. Yeah. I think it's like, you know, it's like the intermittent fasting. I know it's kind of a, it's like a buzzy thing people do, but I, I basically just eat between noon and eight every day, more or less. When we have more time, we'll get into your dietary habits on this. <laughs> I don't think anyone show. needs to hear about that. Over 200 episodes, and we've gotten that comfortable enough where we know you don't eat breakfast. Most days. Most days. Uh, thank you all so much for tuning in. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday with stick taps and more nonsense and storylines across the national hockey. For CJ, I'm Julian. So long and peace. The Chris Johnston Show. Powered by Sports Interaction, your homegrown sportsbook. Always remember to bet local. Inside the game, twice a week. Follow Chris on Twitter, at ReporterChris. And follow Julian McKenzie, at JK and McKenzie. The Chris Johnston Show.